The Sonos Move is the best portable speaker I have ever owned. And I am not just being a shill here. It's too good to be called a portable speaker. It chews up and spits out its competition. It is high quality. I use the Move as both a stationary speaker and all around my house, garage, and my outdoor space. And I've dropped the crap out of it. Regular portable speakers can't take hits like the Move. Not sure I should be saying this, but I dropped it down the stairs. Maybe I should be saying this. I'd be happy to get a second. Actually, I don't need a second. Even Sonos states, don't worry about accidental drops or bumps. Move's components are protected by a hard-wearing, shock-resistant case. And my system with one I take around my place is working very well. I use my Move as a stationary speaker a lot. It hangs out on the charging base. I love that I don't have to plug in a charging cord. It has an 11-hour battery life, no joke. It works with all streaming services, the Sonos app or AirPlay, Bluetooth, Amazon Alexa, and Google Assistant. I'm too lazy to be looking for new music, so I have really loved the Sonos radio option. Some of my favorite stations are Rare Grooves, Hip Hop Archive, or just keeping it mainstream. If you're in the move, go to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos move today. People ask me, don't you feel uncomfortable being with a name like the notorious B.I.G.? And and why should I feel uncomfortable? We have a lot in common. Good morning, sweet world! Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Saturday, September 19th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us live here, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey yo. hey The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to everyone joining us live on YouTube this fine weekend. Much love to everybody listening or watching a little bit later in the day as well. Keep your questions and your comments coming for next week's Beach Step In Podcast. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc. We're actually, um, we'll slip in a few questions into today's show because we got so many good ones, Tass, that we just can't, we can't do 50 questions in a Beach Step In Podcast. It'd go eight hours long, so we'll sprinkle a few in. To this Saturday show. Oh, by the way, who's who's got the lawn uh, <laughs> blower going already here on a Saturday? Who is it? Show, put your hand up. Who? Oh, Trey Kirby uh, wins. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, Saturday. You know, I'm recording in the basement now, downstairs uh, in the bedroom. So just ground level. It's perfect. We're gonna be seeing them <laughs> testing out the lawnmower 4.0 right back here. <laughs> the okay. finest technology in the game. Okay. They've moved from pubic hair to the lawn. They're really <laughs> mowing out here. Oh. oh. My goodness, this literally blows. Yeah, yeah. I used to live at the same building uh, Trey lives at. Those guys, they like to blow around a leaf or two. They just move it from one section to another, back again, back and forth all day long. Okay. Tess has 44 acres at his house, and he gets done trimming his lawn faster than they get done here with all concrete. It doesn't make any sense. If I was done at 6 a.m., I took a nap before this show. Wow, wow. Uh, all right, so we've got, uh, like I said, we've got a few beach-stepping cues we'll get to. we got Tweet of the Night, as always, but we'll start with Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals. The Lakers roll past the Nuggets 126-114 in Game 1. A deceiving final score if you didn't watch this game, Tass. It wasn't really all that close. It was a huge blowout. Yeah. And uh, it turned in the second quarter when... From one perspective, you'll hear the Nuggets say, whoa, they had 24 free throws. But from the Lakers' perspective, they aren't the Clippers. They have an identity. Their bench knows what they're supposed to do. Four guys. Talk about the lawnmower 4.0. These guys (laughs) blew it open. The four guys, Rajon Rondo, Markeith Morris, Alex Caruso, and Dwight Howard. They come on, and they know they don't have a lot of minutes they get into a track meet. They turned the Nuggets over seven times in that second quarter, and that's where the game turned. And you know the Lakers have been chomping at the bit, ready to go. Rajon Rondo already has a haircut style change in the bubble. That's how much time he's had off just to chill. Uh, He's got two two hairstyles already, but they know that they are not... 
the Clippers. They just they just know what they're doing. There's a hierarchy, and that second unit uh, was chomping at the bit. And really, um, you know, with the foul calls aside, the, the the aggressors got the calls in this one. There were some bad ones against the Nuggets, but the Lakers were being so aggressive that they got some of those whistles. And really, the game turned even before uh, the the big players for the Nuggets got in foul trouble and had to sit. And even when they sat, the bench actually held their own for the Denver Nuggets, really. You can argue that the Nuggets would have made a bigger comeback if if Jokic and and Jamal Murray were on the floor. Um, But at the same time, the Lakers top to bottom, they schooled (laughs) the the Denver Nuggets there in the second quarter. They they were the better unit. And again, they look nothing like the Clippers because they know what they're doing. And a lot of the times we talk about uh, the Lakers and who their third best player is, who's going to help out LeBron and AD. Well, it's actually hard to pick in this game because they had a lot of good ones uh, across the board with KCP and and Rondo, we mentioned, and Dwight Howard. So uh, I I don't think the foul calls had anything to do with it. The Lakers just stomped the Nuggets in this game and they watched the, the Nuggets beat the Clippers and the Jazz, and they saw a team that couldn't, uh, well, the, that found their flow when the defense was soft. So in that second quarter, that, the Lakers unit was so tough and so physical and forced the refs to make calls, and they didn't allow Jokic and Murray and friends to get into a rhythm, and that's why this game was really a 20-point blowup. Yeah, there were a lot of fouls on Denver in the second quarter, at least. 16, I believe it was, which tied the most by any team here uh, in this season. Um Murray and Jokic with three before the half. Did the Nuggets let Scott face, Scott Foster take him out of the game a little bit? And, and, and the sort of the tough whistle there, um, you know, with the Lakers forcing the issue, did they get a little flustered with how they were being officiated? Or do you sort of, I mean, that could be also true with just the Lakers dominance. What do you think? Well, I think uh, th- there was two controversial calls that I thought, and they were both whether they were a block or a, or a charge on LeBron James, and they both got called a block. And I actually don't mind that being called a block. I just want to see that called consistently now throughout the playoffs because that's the one of those calls where it's a bang-bang play and there are multiple examples of where a guy it gets called for the offensive foul in that situation, but yeah. it didn't happen. And so that's that's the only real uh, contentious point for me is like, okay, that's fine. If you're going to call it, then let's make sure that's the call for the entire series for every player, not just for LeBron James. But the Lakers came out in this one after that first quarter. It was almost a bad first quarter for the Nuggets because the Lakers were like, all right, hey, these guys are for real. And then... In that second quarter, they were just super aggressive, trying to do everything, trying to make sure that any time Nikola Jokic got the ball down low as well, that Dwight Howard was trying to, uh, like, smash the ball out of the court. You know, like, Dwight Howard was super aggressive on the defensive end, trying to set a tone and trying to make himself relevant for this series because he didn't play against the Rockets. And JaVale McGee started there against the uh, Nuggets. And Dwight was like, listen, this is a series that I can play in because athletically he can dominate Nikola Jokic. So uh, I just thought the Lakers... You know, I, I sort of alluded to this on yesterday's show. I think they didn't want to give the Nuggets any real life in this series at all from the start. And you saw that from every single player who was out there on the court, trying to make sure that they were sending a message that they're for real. The Lakers want to get this series over and done with as quick as possible. So uh, overall, the Lakers outplayed Denver. Denver just didn't quite rise to the occasion when they did get in foul trouble in that second and third quarter. And then, of course, by the fourth quarter, it was all over anyway. It didn't really matter. But the Nuggets... <clears throat> from that first quarter, have got plenty of uh, things to be hopeful and optimistic about. But they have to understand that the Lakers are not the Clippers and the Lakers are certainly not the sort of team that can't counterpunch uh, as well as they did, like in, in this one, in in, uh, in the second and third quarter. Yeah, what do you think of Dwight Howard there, TK? I mean, he was pretty damn awesome, like cutting for alley-oops back door, mixing it up with Jokic. He had the blocks, forcing steals, uh, and just drawing fouls. Uh, I thought that was the worst foul call of the quarter, the one where Jokic and him were like tied up. And suddenly Jokic got whistled on that one. I hear you on the bang-bang blocker charge, too, where LeBron's sort of barreling over a guy, especially to the Jamal Murray one. But what do you think of, uh, you know, Dwight's performance pretty impressive after not playing, like Lee said, at all the last series. Yeah, he was ready, and he had just an immense impact, both from scoring, rebounding, but like you're saying, Skeets, he drew, drew five fouls in a quarter. That was pretty crazy, and it definitely threw the Nuggets off their game. Um, picking up a couple of cheap offensive fouls on Nikola Jokic. Yeah. And once he got that third, and then Murray eventually picked up his third, and then Paul Millsap picked up his third, you're like, uh-oh, this is a foul fest here. But like Tess is saying, the Lakers were the aggressor the entire night, which is why they were able to draw so many foul calls. And I thought that a lot of that was Dwight. He was throwing it back to 9 You know, the last time we saw the Lakers and the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, it was 2009. And between yeah. Dwight and Rondo, you could have convinced me that it was 2009 again. They were off 
awesome together. And it was just, um, it was cool to see the Lakers making it a point to make Dwight feel wanted, right? Like every yep. time he would get mixed up with somebody on the offensive end or draw a foul, it felt like the next time down they tried to get him an alley-oop. And that's a way you keep a guy completely engaged in the game because he was having a huge impact after basically not playing during a playoff series. He comes out, has a great game one, and they just kept going to him and having him have an impact. I thought it was great. Um, and now if you're the Nuggets, you got to figure out a way uh, to get Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee out of there so <laughs> that Jokic can attack AD. It's tough out there, man. AD, how is this guy a top 10 player in the league? An all-NBA first-teamer. And he's almost an X-factor in this series because it's just a terrible matchup for the Nuggets. He's uh, too tall and too quick for Paul Millsap, and then he's just too quick, period, for Jokic. And yep. when he's playing like he was last night, the Lakers are tough to beat. Yeah, 37 points, 10 boards for AD Tass. We, you know, it took us like 10 minutes to even mention him here because he was having his way with all these guys. He scored on Jokic, 4 for 6. He scored on Millsap, 3 for 6. Plumley when he got his chance, uh, all right, 2 for 3, you know, in less minutes. He he lit them up, and that was always going to be an issue here in the series. Uh, I don't know really what the answer is for Denver to slow him down or stop him outside of him, just hoping he uh, he misses his shots. But the guy's like six foot eleven. he's hitting step-back baseline Jumpers. I mean, it's going to be a long night, right? It was a quiet 37. It's a, a lot quieter than that lawnmower 4.0, I got to say. <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. <laughs> the, uh, there's uh, not that much grass here. There's no. Not, there's no. not. You they just got to blow it around, man. They got to blow it around. They have a contract, right? That's right. It's like, okay, well, we've got this, uh, you know, this building, these grounds to do. Well, how many hours we got? Ah, well, you got like good four or five hours. Well, we'll just blow around some leaves. Look busy. That's what they're doing out there. Get paid by the blow. That's, that's <laughs> the way it works out there. Uh, so they're chilling out there. I, I and think a couple it, industries, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthony Davis, uh, it, it really, uh, they have no matchup. It's totally true. Paul Millsap, he's not only too small, uh, but he's also a little aged. He's, he's going to be a little too slow for, for AD. Even in his, you know, he's he's way too old. In his good years, maybe he could stick in front of him. But Nikola Jokic also, he's, he's too slow. This is just a tough matchup. And yeah, we, we mentioned him here now. Uh, and I'm sure we'll mention him a little later on when LeBron was uh, complaining that he didn't win MVP a little bit later on. You also have a guy in Anthony Davis who's going to be the leading scorer on this team night in and night out mm-hmm. um, until, until LeBron has to turn it on. But this was a chill-out game for LeBron James, uh, really. He was just... Uh, he he was part of the sprint crew uh, with the rest of the guys that were getting into the the, the sprinting up and down the fast breaks, uh, and they did a very good job of that. They knew what they wanted to do, uh, turning the, the Nuggets over. Uh, but really, yeah, you know, I don't know if AD is going to have a bad game. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, is he just going to miss? Period. Um, I guess there's a chance of that, but that's when LeBron will have to turn it on offensively. Uh, the guy is just a stud. He is an absolute stud, and he's wearing that really, really thick headband. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it gets, seems like it gets thicker by the series. Growing, yeah, for sure. But, but uh, you know, we've, we've talked about them banning uh, the Karate Kid headband in the ba- in the in the past. Uh, they're also letting go, like, uh, Dion Waiters, DNP with, a, with an injury. He had shorts on, like, uh, casual towel shorts like a, a, a track a cloth shorts. or something Terry, yeah, yeah. And, and he was out there on the floor basically like they're letting guys get out on the floor almost <laughs> uh, come out from behind the that little barrier thing and and there's no text which is cool just cool it feels like an aau tournament no one's getting upset no one's calling these dumb texts some dumb fouls on the floor uh but uh they're letting some stuff go <laughs> this, this yeah. game this game felt to me like a big brother just bullying his young, smaller brother, you know, his younger brother in a game of pickup. Like, it's, it had that vibe to me where LeBron barrels over Jamal. And yeah, it might be a charge, but, you know, LeBron's the big bro. He's like, get up, you know? He's like yelling and one at him. You had Dwight swatting things out of bounds. Like, it, they were, you know, they, they, these are a lot of vets on this team, on this Lakers team, of course. You know, together, not a lot of experience, but they've been in a lot, a lot of series. And, the Nuggets this is fairly new for these guys going this deep. It just had that feeling to me, Lee. And that's not to say the Nuggets are done. Hey, the Nuggets mm-hmm. got the Lakers right where they want them. <laughs> All right? They're down now. Now we can play. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I I don't think they're going to win this series, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know they're the comeback kids, but the Lakers are not messing around here. If Paul George is saying, well, actually, this year was not a championship or bust this uh, season. <laughs> it's a championship or bust season for LeBron 
every mm. single year. That's the problem for the Nuggets right now. He knows we're not going to take you lightly, and I got to get to the finals again for my tenth time and have him try to get another ring. But sorry, what did you well, think though? Well, yeah, I mean, when you look at the Lakers' whole bubble experience, you know they didn't do that much during those resumption games because they didn't have a lot to play for, and then right. they sort of started off slow against the Blazers. The Blazers fought them pretty well. And then in their last series as well, the Lakers started off slow against the Rockets and then sort of cruised. But now that's it's winning time. It's like, right, now it's time to up the ante. And that that's what I thought the message was last night. It was like, we, we you know, now is the time to start playing everyone as well as we can. So we're playing well if they make it to the finals, which they, they certainly look like they're on their way to it. But again, I, I saw enough, you know, positive signs there for the Denver Nuggets. That okay. this is, that this is not, not, not like a foregone conclusion that it's a sweep or anything like that. I, I certainly... The Lakers are favoured, and I picked the Nuggets to win in six. It's not looking all that bright right now, Ooh, but uh, but but again, I, I just think you know what Michael Porter Jr. missed a couple of wide open looks there yesterday. Jeremy Grant missed a couple of wide open looks as well, and they had that foul trouble. And still, I thought yeah. the Nuggets that bench unit. Uh, I think it was Trey who sort of said that earlier. They did hold their own there a little bit there to close out that uh, that second half. It wasn't a complete like disaster for for, for Denver in the terms of like. They played just uh, badly and were completely outplayed in every aspect. They had, If those shots go down, if Michael Porter Jr. and they need him to shoot and score, if he can hit a couple of those, and if Jeremy Grant can hit a couple of those, they stay out of foul trouble and Jokic can have his imprint, then I think the Nuggets are, are, are going to put themselves in a better position to keep the game closer anyway. So, uh, you know, one game, certainly a bad one for Denver in, in terms of the final result, but uh, it, it, the series I don't think is just a complete whitewash from here. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Jokic and Murray were awesome in the first quarter. I mean, they scored yeah. or assisted on basically every bucket. And you're right, It had, watching this game, what were the Lakers up at half? 11? And it felt like they had just completely dominated yeah. the game. And you're like, 11? That's it. Okay, yeah, maybe the Nuggets are within striking distance. And then, you know, unfortunately for them, the Lakers blew that lead up to 20 and it was sort of over. But do you agree, Tass, with Lee here? Like, you know, okay, t- tough whistle. It's game one. Lakers are locked in. We got to figure out how to slow AD. But there, there's something here that you could see going. All right, they could make this still a series. I'm not that optimistic. <laughs> I, I, the the Nuggets bench and the Nuggets support guys. Yeah, they could hit a couple more shots, and they did a decent job at the end of the second quarter there. But I think it, it has to start with uh, the big boys with Nikola Jokic having a good series. And I think one thing we underestimated now having watched the first game. I wonder how much of an impact he is going to have with his passing, with all the big guys that they have on him, uh, whether it's JaVale or Dwight um, or Anthony Davis. He only had two assists in this game, even though you know he is, he's that good that he can score it anyway, but at any time. But the passing lanes, because they're not doubling, number one, uh, and number two, because these dudes are big, he's not going to have the visibility, I, I don't think, uh, to make all those passes. So if, if the Lakers are ready to play defense and stick with their guys uh, that Jokic is going to pass to, I wonder how much Jokic is going to have an impact passing the ball. And that's that's a huge factor for me. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's one thing I think we uh, we sort of skipped out on. And, and I don't know how much Dwight Howard is going to have an impact going forward, but... Um, you know he's ready to play I think this bubble obviously it it tends to suit older dudes as well because they don't have to travel because you know Rondo's legs are there Dwight Howard's legs are there that's all apparent and there's a sense of urgency with this Lakers team uh, that Dwight wants to get his first championship Rondo and, and all these oldies they know what it takes to play in playoff ball here they know that they have limited opportunities and they're they're taking advantage of it and I just you know, up against these youngins, uh, I feel like they, they have that advantage uh, that they're just they've been the best team since the beginning of the season. So if you're going to get good minutes from complimentary players, um, yeah, you're you're done for 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 me if if the Lakers are going to go top to bottom like this. And I wonder if they start Dwight Howard in game two because they start him in the second half mm-hmm. and that may limit his uh, his contributions. You don't start Rondo because he's not going to play 40 minutes. You can't get great contributions. And I think the same goes for Dwight. You're not going to get great contributions for a, a full game. I wonder if that, if, if, he's a, if he's a less effective player, if he starts uh, the second game uh, and, and plays against Jokic, who could, who could solve him because he's that good. So that's, uh, that's one thing I'm looking forward to is do they start JaVale again? Because uh, he was fine in his minutes, uh, even though you know, he doesn't score. Fine. Yep. Yeah, he's he's a hustler. Um, but I, I yeah. think I think Vogel would be crazy not to 
at least go with that again in game two, for sure. Sure, um, same exact strategy, because yeah. if the Lakers play like this, this is going to be a short series. They won't play like this every single game, and I honestly don't think the Nuggets will either. They got right. smoked by the Clippers. Draymond was just trashing Jokic for his defense during yep. halftime of that game, and then they were better, and I think there are a lot of places they can improve. Michael Porter Jr., kind of think he should get more minutes. He'll get picked on, no doubt about it, but they just need somebody else out there who's very tall. I think that, you know, the fact that he's 6'10 is going to help. He hits the glass, uh, and that could be huge. Just maybe make a three-pointer and I think that the uh the Nuggets need to do a better job of getting the getting some switches for Jokic right like there are only a handful of times they would run the sort of pick and roll that would get him a touch with Caruso guarding him and then they would have a back cut but they couldn't finish because then of course Anthony Davis is just lurking but whatever they can do to make it so that uh the Lakers are worried about Jokic you know like He's still going to score. He's still going to make plays, scoring against big guys. But the team is at their best uh, when he's able to draw a couple extra eyes. So there are definitely improvements. Um, you know, Markeith Morris almost got into it with Paul Millsap. It didn't happen. <laughs> no. So I don't know if Paul's going to maybe sneak out a confrontation. That would be another advantage for the Nuggets. But I don't think it's over. But this was about as good as the Lakers could play. They looked incredible. They looked so physical. The defense looked great that you didn't even have to really worry about offense uh, yeah. just because you knew they were going to hold the Nuggets to few enough points that the Lakers had enough. Yeah, and the Nuggets did not do themselves any favors by throwing the ball away like, like we talked about, <laughs> not hitting shots that they've been known to hit. Yeah, this was a, a rough game. Look, if you're going to lose game one, lose it in a blowout, I say, Lee. Don't lose at the buzzer. Lose in a blowout. Get embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Some, you know, Mike Malone can be even more angry or inspire you even more for game two. And, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll see what type of effort we get from the Nuggets. Hopefully it'll be a lot closer game. Because this was... Uh, it was a bit of a dud as we got into the second half and the Lakers oh, yeah. blew it open. And I yeah. was like, all right, I'm checking out pretty hard here in this yeah. one. It was tough to stay focused. I was hoping for a for a Morris Millsap, <laughs> something, some sort of mix-up to give it a little blood. Because it was a little chippy there, too, in the first half, right? When those, you know, Nuggets frustrated with the whistle, of course. Lakers bullying them a little bit. I was like, ooh, we might get some explosives here. Uh, and it didn't happen really in game one. But will that, you know, as the series goes on, will somebody have enough of a Morris or something like that. And who knows, maybe, yeah, like maybe Marcus Morris will be playing in game two, really, for Markeith, because we don't, I mean, we have no idea. Yeah. Who truly knows uh, those identical twins, no what they're knows. up to in the bubble. So we'll see. Anything else from this one? Uh, unfortunately, not a ton to really break down. Yeah, just a great Lakers performance, bad Nuggets performance. You throw that one out if you're Denver and you move ahead to game two. Let me just throw this in here. LeBron calls Rajon Rondo Doe. Mm-hmm. He calls him Doe. A deer. Yeah, a female real, deer. That's a weird nickname I find. His name is <laughs> Rajan Rondo. He just so throws out a Doe. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, Fred Katz's dad thought his name was Ron Doe. Right, right. right. <laughs> maybe maybe LeBron does too. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Katz's dad thought <laughs> Rajan Rondo's name was Ron Doe. Hey, listen, there's no hey, you know Fred Katz's dad. <laughs> you know Fred Katz's dad. Hey, fast Freddie Katz. I think he was a voter for the NBA awards. Maybe we should uh, maybe we should see where his uh, votes went. Oh. Fred, Fred Katz's dad? <laughs> oh no, the the Fred Matt Katz, actual name Matt. Uh, <laughs> Did you guys notice that the, the TNT score at the bottom of the screen, every time the camera went back and forth, bucket to bucket, mm-hmm. the Lakers logo appeared within the, the the logos that are on the floor appeared within the score. Strange. You know how know. a lot of that. a lot of times guys' faces are being sort of uh, smudged or merged with the, the logos yeah. on the floor because the yeah, virtual the logos virtual was, ones, yeah. it was happening with the TNT oh, score. Oh, jeez crazy stuff <laughs> oh, <wow>. sports uh, maybe I was seeing it more because I was watching it on a phone and it was like right up in my grill oh wow <laughs> why were you on the phone in a virtual reality headset very close why were you on the phone last night um well you know I was in bed Oh, so. oh, so, oh, that 9 o'clock start got you there on a Friday night, did it? Mm, yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, let's take a quick break here to pay the bills. Sure was nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron over the weekend. Oh, yeah. No. Anyone, uh, how did my Eagles go? Anyone know? Did they, they oh, win? Eagles flew too high, man. Oh. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, lucky for us, that was just week one. There is no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Mm -hmm. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup now. 
and feel the sweat like never before, like a Tasmelis just before a show. <laughs> sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. Every run, pass, and catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. That is true. I mean, if you've got some money riding on it, you're into the game a whole lot oh, more. Oh, yeah, you're, you're turning on your players pretty quickly, but then you're also cheerleading for them as well when they do something good. It happens. It happens. Uh, DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use code RUN. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter code RUN. You get a free shot at millions of dollars of prizes with your first deposit. That's code RUN, R-U-N, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And go Eagles. Hey, did you guys hear sports are back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love them, God, don't we, yeah. folks? Basketball, duh. Baseball, sure. Football, Lee, huge fan. F1, great <laughs> race on Sunday. Soccer, sometimes. Yep. Golf, every once in a while. Tennis, why not? Cricket, only the sickos. But with all those sports <laughs> a-sporting, sometimes you don't want to leave the couch, even if it is to go to the kitchen to cook something up. And that's why you got to holla at DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory, or support your local go-tos by selecting your favorite local restaurant that's open for delivery and waiting for food that will be left at your door because DoorDash deliveries, like I said, they're contactless to keep communities they operate in safe. Right now, No Dunks listeners can get five bucks off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NODUNKS. That's five fin dogs off yours and zero delivery fees on that first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code NODUNKS. Don't forget... That's code no dunks for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Okay, time for a little beach tease, a little beach step. I love that little intro because for a second it makes it look like those feet you see early on are the woman's feet. Uh, walking there in the beach. Uh, very, very strange. Okay, so we got a few here, a couple questions. First one, hey, Flow Monks. While listening to your podcast on Thursday, I heard there was some confusion regarding the name of Jimmy Butler's Big Face Coffee brand, and I wanted to clear things up. I believe the Big Face is in reference to a big watch face that you would see on a luxury wristwatch. This aligns with his $20 a cup price model, making Jimmy's Brew one of the finer things in life just like a big face Rolex. I learned this from the lyrics of Jay-Z and Kanye's hit song, Otis, from their acclaimed Watch the Throne album. Okay. My question is, have you ever learned something from song lyrics that you had really no business knowing otherwise? John Boat, Stonecutters, AJ Soprano, Turn Up, that's from Blake, in Kitchener. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, we were trying to figure it out. Was that Thursday's podcast? I thought that was Friday's podcast. I can't keep track anymore. We were talking about the, the big face coffee. Right? Yeah, so it was Friday, right? <laughs> Weird. What's going on here, Blake? Um, but I guess that's what it maybe stands for. I mean, we were trying to figure it out. Rude, what, Rude Dog told us something different. Yeah, Rude Dog <laughs> said it was like a, a big face hundred, which fair enough. But it's been a while since they have uh, redesigned the hundred dollar bill. Yeah. Same for the twenty dollar bill, which is what Jimmy Butler is charging. Nonetheless, um, big face bills, a big face Rolex. We know Dave Grisham loves a gigantic watch. <laughs> Big face just means luxury. I'm willing to right. say it means luxury. If okay. you're paying $20 for a cup of coffee, this is premium stuff. Okay, so we're sort of, basically we're all probably right. So that's a big face means the finer things. Baller style. Yeah, baller style. Baller style coffee. Also a good name for a coffee shop. Very, very good. Okay, so let's answer the question here, though. Um, have you ever learned something from song lyrics that you, you either didn't or had no business knowing? I learned a lot of... Um, 
California cities from Dr. Dre and Tupac, California Love, because there's that end part where Dr. Dre is just like listing cities that are near Los Angeles. <laughs> Pasadena. Pasadena, yeah. where are you at? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it's in LA somewhere. Inglewood. Inglewood. Always up to no good. Okay, sure, yeah. That's like, uh, you know, I was probably 12 years old just learning about the various locales in California. So that's uh, that's always been a big one to me. I'll always wonder where Pasadena's at. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Similar to that is uh, Ludicrous Area Codes featuring (laughs) Nate Dog. 312, 313. I mean, it's actually quite helpful um, (laughs) learning some of them. He's letting letting you know where he's talking about what the area code is. Okay, that's an interesting one. Lee, you got anything? Yeah, mine's similar. I realized Ye was from Chicago when... Uh, he collaborated there with Chris Martin on Homecoming. Uh, I met this girl when I was three years old and why I love her. She had so much soul. She said, excuse me, little homie, I know you don't know me, but my name is Wendy Ann. I like to blow trees and from that point I never blew her off. Friends came from out of town. I like to show her off. They like to act tough. She liked to tell them off, make them straighten up their hat and... And they know they're soft. Something like that anyway. Oh, wow, is. is that off the dome there, Lily? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's a bit of a controversial guy. I don't like all the things that he does, but his music is pretty catchy, I have to say. Sure, sure. He's done all right in the music uh, industry, right? Catching on. Okay, so you didn't know, though, that he was from Chicago? Did not know. I just that's... assumed he's from LA. I mean, you know, because that's where they become famous out in LA. So you're like, well, he must be from LA. I didn't know Beyonce was from Houston. Okay. I think she's from Houston. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. But I can't remember why I found that out. Anyway. Well, where's, anyway. Lady, where's Lady Gaga from? She's from New York. Okay. Yeah. That's why Tass's that's wife knows her. She went to school with her, didn't she, <laughs> right. mm-hmm. Yeah, she spent uh, a year on the same dorm floor, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, that's I incredible. remember Danny saying, didn't she used to just like start singing in the middle of the night and that? And people are like, <laughs> people are banging on the door like, shut up. Hey, Steph, <laughs> knock it off, will you? And she would just be uh, belting out tunes. <laughs> yeah, she was. Uh, what's her What's her actual name? Stephanie Germanotter, I think it is. Yeah, that's who she was back then. Yes, back at NYU, <laughs> singing in the middle of the night. Yeah, I guess so. Stephanie again. Um, for me, I, I guess it's a. I don't know. I, I think I'm right answering this question correctly, but Eminem's stand, right? Mm. He cre- I guess he created that word stand, meaning an overzealous like a fan of a celebrity but then there's the whole like portmanteau of stan i remember when i found this part i was like oh stalker and fan Mm. stan jam together um yeah i mean i think he created it i think he's given the credit he popularized it i think i think he straight up created it (laughs) maybe he did i I swear to god the oxford uh definition i think is given credit to eminem for for stan which i mean obviously a ton of people use now though it's changed right because when he's using it like the guy's a psycho i mean he's like yeah kills his family in that song right stan does to like get eminem's attention then he kills himself i think but then stan nowadays is more just like you, it, you're still overzealous, I guess. Like you stand for someone, or I'm a stand for, you know, Lisa Kanye stand. Um, <laughs> but it's more in, in a in a good way, a more of a positive light, I guess. Not as crazy, <laughs> um, or maybe you are, Lee. I don't know. No, I'm definitely not a stand for for yay in that sense. No, okay, good. I, 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 yeah, but you <laughs> only call him yay exclusively. <laughs> yay. Yeah, I mean, I think we're at that level of a of a relationship. It's like a uh, yay. <laughs> you were good with him. Until he uh, he stood to pee on that oh, the yeah. award trophy, he's got to do the lee pee. Otherwise, you're not going to be <laughs> right. a stand. Oh man, that's well, some weird... he's the big mega head as well. I mean, it's like come easy. on, yeah, 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 man. yeah. yeah. <laughs> easy. Let's go easy. Oh, <laughs> this guy's got bars. <laughs> this guy's a fire man. Drop the track. Man. All right, uh, Tass, you got an answer for this one? Or oh yes, yes come I mind? do. Yes, I do. I'm gl- so glad you asked. What bare naked uh, ladies lyrics uh, do you got for us? A lion in bed, just like Brian Wilson did. I had no idea Brian Wilson lied in bed. <laughs> I thought he stood up when he slept. Hey. Enough with the BNL slander <laughs> on this program. Um, listen, old BNL, you can't mess with them. The new, the new stuff like uh, allergies. They, ta- they, they teach kids about allergies. How about that? How about that? What are you Just, talking about? Yeah, they've got a kids album. They teach kids about allergies. 
I learned about allergies from the bare naked ladies. No. Uh, with these horrible allergies, come again. Uh, uh, you know, you know, you love Brian Wilson. Everybody that's great, Jim. Yeah, that's great. yeah. Um, actually, I learned uh, from John Mayer how to be a hashtag girl dad uh, from a song called "Daughters." So, fathers, be good to your daughters. Daughters will love like you do. Girls become lovers who turn into mothers. So mothers, be good to your daughters too. Oh, wow, that's nice. God, God, hits, hits wow, home. Got Thanks, tear, John. You got a tear in your eye. <laughs> no, I don't. No, uh, no, I don't. You, you, no, put, I you were don't. putting in uh, eye solution. Before <laughs> no, just allergies. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got allergies. It's got to be allergies, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, you got a 44-acre uh, yard, all the grass trimmings in the area. Right. No it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot funnier when you sing that song. Lee, do you know that song? Which one? Which one? Say it again. <laughs> Daughters by John Mayer. No, so. I don't know that one. Don't know that one. I, I, the thing is, when you talk about the BNLs, uh, my favorite BNL song is. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember it now. <laughs> yeah, great song. Uh, Love very it. Very memorable. No, it was from the song all the time. Which one? Which one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, no, no one's saying oh, anything. Man. The year 2000, yeah. they, were, they were past their prime, I gotta be honest. Are you thinking chick of the Chinese, the Chinese chicken? No, 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 no. Let me, let me find it. Let me find oh, it. that one's got some good education in it, too. Birchmont Stadium, home of the Robbie, or whatever yeah, they yeah. say, right? Don't the Dolphins play there? I don't know. Yeah. What do they say? No idea. Yeah, uh, no idea. J- JD, if you're still there, uh, do you have an answer for this? I mean, you're the music man of the group. Oh, uh, sure. Um, uh, you know, I learned all about Russia's greatest love machine from boney m rasputin the song yeah love that song as a kid played it over and over again loved it to the to the point where when i was in university sitting in history learning about the russian revolution just waiting for rasputin to be mentioned it's like ah here it comes here it comes tell me about russia's greatest love machine here he comes here he comes Rasputin. so yeah Love that song. That's the only part of the song that I know, but oh man, we used to belt that out. That, oh my God. That is a banger. Yeah. I, I honestly, I'm, I'm not even kidding. It, it, that song made me love history. It really did. Like, it really, really That's did. It's incredible. Right? Well, what about, uh, what about Billy Joel? Um, we didn't start the oh, fire. I How, fucking oh, hate yeah. that song. Oh, <laughs> That's the one that made me hate history. That's oh, a, got a lot of like info the, in that one. Oh my god! Yeah, there's a lot of info in it. That's all it is. It's just, just, uh, just it's not it's even just a song. Names. It's oh, it so things. brutal. I, I'm, I'm, I'm angry about that song because it's Billy Joel. I love Billy Joel, and then this hunk of garbage, and it's his most popular song, yeah. Obviously, yeah. of course. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, Lee, did you find your song? Then? Yeah, yeah. Pinch me, pinch me. Remember? Oh, that's a good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, so, yeah. Give, me, give me a little bit. Either Taz uh, or Lee, give me a little bit of pinch me from BNL. Uh, uh, okay, hang on. I got to so think. Pinch me. Because I'm still asleep. Then it goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't. I can't. I've got to listen to it, and then I can give it. To, I have it ready for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, sweet, <laughs> full performance. <laughs> okay, tomorrow I'm holding you to that. You uh, will I'm perform the entirety of Pinch Me by Bernie and Ladies. All right. Hey, you got 24 hours to get ready, man. Oh man. I, I don't. I don't even know what song you're talking about. There is this old uh, no, BNL, no. new BNL. Well, it's it's from the year 2000. Because <laughs> I, I, I remember it because when I, I so I this is in... one week uh, fame. It's been one week. Probably the same record. I would okay, guess. Okay. Uh, I think I think it was later than that because I, anyway it was later big than that. when I first came to Canada. That was the first uh, real big one that I heard, and I was like, oh, this is great. Now I'd heard of the Bearnaked Ladies. They made it to Australia, but this was like a real. Real big banger for me. So, uh, what about the old apartment? That must have been yeah. the time when you got uh, our fine country of Canada. Welcome to the old apartment. Yeah. Oh, you know, I saw them in London actually uh, at the Hammersmith Apollo. It was one of the best shows too. He's it was been, great. They can Lee, put on. Lee has a show. been yeah. to every sporting event and he has seen every artist ever perform. I'm convinced. Yeah. 
Oh, Lee, thanks, said, right. Lee that... send me that picture of you in front of Hammersmith Odeon <laughs> so I can get it up at the, at the show. Like <laughs> yeah, I think I. That's a problem. This is before we had like uh, cell phones everywhere. You know, you had right. to take your big clunky old camera out if you wanted to take a photo. And uh, come on, you had room in those pockets to carry a camera. <laughs> yeah, right? well, you know, I had my Canon uh, digital, but it was like you had the little uh, memory stick that had like a hundred photos max on it. Right. And you'd fill that up so quickly. And then you had to go to the Kodak shop to download it to put it onto a disc. Then you could only yeah. erase those photos. Right. And uh, yeah, it was. Often I mean, you only were... only if you had had a million dollars uh. could you afford to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a what a time! What a time! Oh, this was twenty years ago. Like wow. Feels like it was about a thousand years ago when you when you sort of describe things like that. Like there's a Kodak shop down on uh, Kodak. Well, it's on Ponce. I think it's on Ponce de Leon, de Leon here in uh, in Atlanta. And I know it looks like exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it looks like it's been out of business for like 50 years. Yeah, but that is. That, I don't think that's a, an abandoned building yeah. building now. It's yeah. not an actual Kodak shop. I know what you're talking about. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Uh, All right, next question. Here we go. Unless you guys have anything to add there. No? Okay. Uh, What's good, No Dunks? Seeing the Bucks go out this year with yet another flawed playoff performance from the not-so-effective Eric Bledshow proved to me just how tight a championship window can be. In my opinion, signing his extension and letting Malcolm Brogdon walk may have prevented what could have been a title in Milwaukee. It reminded me of when the Rockets let Trevor Ariza go. He was the heart and soul of that Houston team, not to mention his versatility on both sides of the ball, which may have made the difference when they were up 3-2 against the Warriors in 2018. Can you guys think of any other instances a less substantial player was let go or traded away from a championship-worthy squad, which could have been a potential X-factor? Been a big fan since my old apartment by the bare naked ladies. No, been a big fan since 2013. Thank you for welcoming me into the beautiful game. I now love so much. That's, oh, that's from nice. Jay Stew in London, who was at that BNL concert. <laughs> uh, P.S. It's still Beans, Boston in seven. Oh, still Beans. Beans in seven. All right. Uh, I'll get it started here. It's a. I'm gonna cheat because it's not. It's not a less substantial player because this guy has now won an MVP. But back then, with the OKC Thunder, James Harden was coming off the bench. They go to the finals. And I know it's been said and, and done. It's all been said. <laughs> um, but but you, you, the more you look back at James Harden being traded right after they go to the finals, uh, it's astonishing that those three dudes uh, and KD and Russell Westbrook, along with Serge, what they could have done, uh, the four of them together. So I assume that that's a championship in the next couple of years if mm. James Harden is there. I know James Harden doesn't grow into the player that he is today if he's playing behind KD and Russ. doesn't matter. Uh, no, those three I, I guys, yeah. yeah, they'd be good enough. And Sam Presti, uh, as much as we love the man and what he's done with the OKC Thunder the last few years, I don't know if it'll ever equate to what happened there. I mean, it's you know two different things, but... Um, that's something. That was, yeah, that That's was um, the contract dispute, though, too. It wasn't like ownership weren't prepared to go into the uh, luxury tax to it was sign. A big, it was a big Serge Ibaka or yeah. James Harden yeah. dilemma, right? That was yeah. what yeah. I don't Yeah, know. it was money. So, yeah, we can yeah. take. I, I shouldn't put it all on Sam Presti. It's definitely yeah. ownership with OKC. Okay, I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> uh, okay, so what do you got, Trey? Do you got an answer for this? Well, I had a couple of whack answers, to be honest, which, you know, fits in with the weed whackers. I'm thinking, like, you know, when Chris Paul signed his deal, he signed with the Clippers to be traded to the Rockets, and then he got hurt for Game uh, 7 against the Warriors, and it's like, it would have been nice if they had Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly still around, you know, if they would have been able to just sign Chris Paul rather than do the sign-and-trade because he wanted to hook the Clippers up a little bit. The same sort of thing happened with Mello when he was traded to the Knicks. Could have just waited until the summer. Then you would have still had supporting pieces like Ray Felton and Wilson Chandler around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the best suggestion I've seen has actually come from uh, just a nonsense number in the YouTube chat who was saying the Dallas Mavericks choosing not to re-sign Tyson Chandler after they won the championship. They were an okay team the next year. It was the lockout season. They went 36-30, and 30, did make it to... Uh, the playoffs, they lost in the first round, and it was kind of like, it really felt like Mark Cuban was just deciding not to defend the title because he was worried about luxury tax, repeating stuff coming eventually down the line. So yeah, basically when you're 
favorite team lets a player go who would be instrumental to their chances of winning the title, it's usually because of money. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Did he, has he talked about regretting that? I know he's regretted the Steve yeah. Nash decision, but I think yeah. he has said, uh, you know, they deserve to bring the band back together and see if you can defend the t- defend the title, which you should. You should always get yes. a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's yeah, that's a good one. What do you, you got? Uh, uh, Chandler was my answer there too because I think he went on to become an uh, All Star and uh, Defensive Player of the Year after he left uh, Dallas. So he showed he was still good enough. It wasn't right. as though it had anything to do with his age. And uh, yeah, the Mavericks desperately needed his defensive presence there when they were defending, and uh, without him, they were they were lost. So yeah, that was uh, that was a big blow, and that that kind of I think as well. You know, when you're Dirk, it's like, well, we won the championship, and then the ownership was kind of like, all right, we've won our championship. Now we're trying to make sure we don't have to pay extra money for uh, maybe not winning it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was uh, the the bad mistake because they never really recovered until Luca came along. Dallas. I know they made the playoffs a couple of times, but I don't think they won a series after that until so. uh, until this season. Uh, I don't really have a good answer for this, but I wanted to go back to the email. Tess, do you believe what Stu said from London? Like, are the Bucks still playing right now if Malcolm Brogdon is there instead of Eric Bledsoe? Or are the are the Bucks' chances of winning a title, you know, happening in uh, 2020 bubble here with him if they made, you know, the decision to keep him or even just in the mix too because they could have, obviously, if ownership also wanted to pony up some money. What, what do you think about that? Because I, I don't really know how I feel about that that take on that. There's a lot of Malcolm Brogdon stands out there. And I, <laughs> I, uh, I am sort of, I, I am in that camp in that I believe that he has got more to offer than he's shown in the NBA. Even he's shown a, a, a decent amount uh, and rookie of the year and all that, but uh, as far as playoff performances go, I think there's a tiny other level, and I don't think it's an accurate statement to make only because of the way Mike Budenholzer coaches. I don't think mm. the Brog Dog would have had enough opportunity with the Bucks and the way they focus everything on Giannis and Chris Milton. Kind of got got free, let loose from those shackles when Giannis went out. And you saw that in the, in the second round with the Miami Heat, but it took an injury to allow another guy to to make things happen. So I, I think that that's a problem when you evaluate the Bucks like that. And that's something that's going to be really interesting going forward and hearing Giannis uh, and his statements after, uh, after going home from the bubble commenting that, yeah, I'm a buck for life, but they know that uh, they've got to essentially, you know, I'm, I'm Summarizing here, they've they've got to do some things to make us a championship team, mm-hmm. and he hasn't said anything about the coach. But uh, I would think that that's part of it. I don't think you get the most out of even Chris Middleton um, or Malcolm Brogdon with with the way Bud coaches. But I wanted to say this about the email because I fact checked just now. Uh, Trevor Ariza was there for the 2018 series where they lost to the Warriors after being up 3-2. So he didn't he didn't make a difference in that one. Uh, he, he was gone for the next year, yeah. uh, last year, which was, uh, you know, the 4-2 win from the Warriors after KD went down and they still couldn't win. But, uh, yeah, Reza couldn't do it. Reza couldn't do it that year either. So I think sometimes we – it's more about the team than it is about some of these particular guys uh, and the Rockets just couldn't get it done and the Bucks just couldn't get it done. Well, we appreciate the questions nonetheless, even if we should have fact-checked it before we read <laughs> it. Uh, keep them coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. <laughs> Tweet them in at no dunks Inc. We got to take one more quick break here. Uh, guys, let me ask you this though. Is your student loan payment too high? Uh, is my puppy cute? Yeah, duh. Well, refinancing with Ernest could help you lower your monthly payment. Checking your new rate is fast and easy to start. Complete a few questions online, it only takes two minutes, and then you'll get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. That's key. Even Money Mellis, I bet, agrees with that. Right there, Tess? Oh, yeah, that's how you do it. I'm I'm being earnest as well. Nice. Plus, the internet loves earnest customer service. They've rated 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. Those are like no dunks type of numbers there. So good stuff. And now you can get $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with earnest.com slash no dunks. Once again, you get $100 cash bonus when you refi your student loan at earnest.com slash no dunks. This is not available in all states, 
but visit Ernest.com slash no dunks for more details. Terms and conditions apply. This is a fun part of this ad read. Ernest student loan refinance loans are made by Ernest Operations, LLC, NMLS, number 1204917, California, financing law license number 6054788, 303 2nd Street, Suite 401 North, San Francisco, California, 94107. <laughs> did I just say every possible letter and number in that sentence? I believe I did. Visit Ernest.com slash licenses for a full list of licensed states. Hi, I'm Tass Mellis from No Dunks on the Athletic. As the great philosopher Brian of the Backstreet Boys once said, Everybody Yeah Hydrate your body Yeah Everybody Hydrate your body right Hydration's back, all right. We all know we have to stay hydrated. I've used an app, a big water bottle, post-it notes, and proper hydration is extremely important right now. It can really help your immune system. Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. I like using Liquid IV when I hit that afternoon lull. Instead of grabbing a coffee, I grab one stick of the lemon lime, put it in my water, and I get that energy boost I need without dehydrating my body and getting dry mouth. It's win-win, because it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. Oh, my mate Lily would love it. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks, with no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com. Promo code ATHLETIC. Okay, it's time for Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Well, when LeBron speaks, we all must listen. So he spoke in his post-game press conference after the win against the Denver Nuggets. Also coming after Giannis Tetkumpo being awarded the most valuable player for the second year in a row. And he tweeted initially before the press conference, 16 out of 101 votes. <laughs> okay, cool. I got y'all. Bron. Cool. Feisty Bron. Right, right, right. Uh, the man wants some votes. Listen, we talked about Giannis winning it yesterday very briefly. That was on Friday's show, right? I know they all blur together. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about it very briefly. We all said, we don't want to talk about this. We don't want to go into great detail. But when the king speaks... We got to talk about it, unfortunately. So after the game, this is Ben Golliver doing a little uh, transcribing for us. Lakers LeBron James with a long riff on awards voting after finishing second for 2020 MVP. The voting scale is a little weird to me. I don't know how much really we're watching the game of basketball or it's the narrative. I would say the narrative helped LeBron James this year. Exactly. This is where yeah. LeBron is wrong. Help them get those <laughs> those limited amount. Now, uh, it, just look at the season. Like we can talk about awards and all that, but the season was Giannis's season. Is that is that correct? And am I correct in saying that the fact that LeBron yes. has the ability to go to the post game press conference here while Giannis is at home gives him all the power in the world to say whatever he wants and, right. and gives his his uh, his argument here. A bunch more legitimacy that's not really legitimate at all. It, it just it, it, it adds uh, obviously some uh, some fuel to his argument because Giannis ain't there mm-hmm. and Giannis hasn't won in the past. So we're sitting here in the playoffs when LeBron is uh, obviously sitting on three titles. It's 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 almost like yeah, you can get into an argument about who's the best player now, uh, but it's a regular season award. And uh, the narrative definitely did help him. And you watch, I mentioned Anthony Davis score 37 
he doesn't have to be what Giannis is uh, every night because he's got uh, an MVP candidate right beside him while Giannis doesn't. LeBron now, used to be Giannis. <laughs> this is the hilarious part. He was a back-to-back MVP winner on the best regular season team that flamed out in the playoffs way too early. That was LeBron. He was doing that. That's what Giannis is doing. It's okay. I love LeBron pissed off. It's hilarious. It always is. But the narrative part that he starts adding, no, the narrative helped you, my man. And that's fine. People sometimes sort of focus on that with their MVP. It's a part of it. But but Giannis was the best player statistically on the best team, uh, you know, win-loss-wise. I mean, it's like sort of a no-brainer uh, that, that he won it. I just want to know, like LeBron's pointing out the 16 first-place votes. What would have pleased him? What's the number out of the 101 that he would have been like, okay, that's fair. Uh, you know, 61 to 40 feels right. Congratulations to Giannis. Like, I'm just fascinated by that. Like, it feels like he just thinks that was too low, I guess, and that he didn't get enough first place votes. Maybe I'm reaching here. But, yeah, I, I, I love this. And we got to point out, LeBron said all this. Like, he's pissed off. Those are the headlines about the MVP coming runner up. But then at the end of it all, I watched the whole clip. You know, he's like... Look, I ain't mad. I'm not really that mad. I'm going to go back. We're in game one of the Western Conference Finals. We just won. I'm going to go have some wine. I'm going to sleep okay. Everybody relax. Like, you basically like, everybody relax. I know I just said what I said, but everybody just relax. Um, so he just, he's, he's just pointing out like, hey, I'm, I am the best player in the league. And uh, I know it. I think a lot of you still know it. But the MVP sort of does mean something else, is what we're at here. And uh, but honestly, time. to me, that's LeBron's fault. That's one hundred percent LeBron's fault. That despite the fact that most people would agree he's the best player in the league, maybe you would argue it was Kawhi Leonard before this playoffs. He doesn't care about the regular season as much as he cares about yeah. the playoffs. Twenty years ago, you were trying to win every regular season game, so the best player in the league often took home the MVP. Even then, it didn't happen a lot. So. Uh, I don't know. Of anything, I just feel bad for the Nuggets that this is happening yeah. during their series, right? Because this is yep. the Michael Jordan stuff where you just yep. find um, a slight that's not really a slight. Like, LeBron, if this was 100% about narrative, a guy in his 17th season leading the league in assists for the first time in his career, you would have won unanimously if it was 100% narrative. Yeah. So he's just finding something to be mad about. He was bringing up 2012, how he could have won Defensive Player of the Year <laughs> and MVP the same season. He was bringing up Mark Gasol's Defensive Player of the Year vote, Devontae Graham. This guy was ready. It became personal to LeBron. (laughs) And unfortunately for the Nuggets, it's against them this series. It's not dissimilar to me to um, David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon. You know, David getting the MVP right before the game and then Olajuwon just going out there and destroying him. The difference is that, uh, uh uh-oh, now you're playing against the Nuggets. Now you yeah. have to deal with LeBron. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Lee? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the noise about LeBron being MVP just came out of Los Angeles, and understandably so. I mean, they're around him all the time, and the season this season was a bit of a crazy one, of course, with everything that went on. But there was no real question that collectively across the entire basketball world that Giannis was not the MVP this year. He was by far the MVP. He was incredible all season long on both ends of the floor, had his team in a strong position, and he was just doing absolutely everything. So uh, LeBron, we, we don't need to uh, say how great LeBron is. We all know how great he was, he is and was, but he was not the MVP this season. That was Giannis by a, a long way. And, uh, and, and I think everything else you guys are saying is right, that the narrative was actually helping out LeBron this season. But he also should know from in the past, you know, he should have been a, a unanimous MVP one time and he wasn't because sometimes that's the way the voting goes. Someone throws out a crazy vote. And I think this year there were 16 of those votes that, Ultimately, people were like, I think LeBron has been the best player. But clearly, uh, the rest of the basketball world saw Giannis and what he did for the entire season. LeBron, remember, he had his best run from around sort of mid-January till uh, till the sort of season shut down. Prior to that, he was good, but he certainly wasn't great. He wasn't really in the conversation for MVP up until that point. So uh, I, I think uh, LeBron's upset. He's won four, uh, four times he's been the runner-up MVP yeah. and four times he's won it. And I think he's just like... I want to be six and two minimum, you know, and, and he should have been. I mean, you know, we, we had that He's show earlier, guy. that earlier where I think I gave LeBron 11 should have been MVPs. Right. I think it was. Now, this year he wouldn't have won MVP. It would have been Giannis, I think, you know, although I did take into the account the whole season. So maybe LeBron could have pulled off his 12th anyway, but uh, that's always the thing. You know, it's like, what would you rather be? The MVP and Giannis at home right now, or would you rather not be LeBron and potentially a champion? I think uh, 
there's no question you'd rather be LeBron's position at the moment. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, that's what some people are saying. Like, why are you even worried about this, man? Like, yeah, yeah. you're playing for another title. The, the titles are the are what's going to get you maybe over, you know, exactly. catching the yeah. MJ ghost. It's not going to really be this, but um, yeah. But he still, also said, LeBron, LeBron, one thing he said was funny. He said, uh, when I came into this game, I didn't want to be, uh, I didn't play to become MVP or champion. What are you talking about? <laughs> of course you were. Just get I mean, running. But, but that's fine. That's what you, you know, every single player who makes the NBA wants to be a champion and thinks they can win MVP. Everybody. Joey Graham thought he was the most versatile player in the league when he played. <laughs> oh, MVP, most versatile Joey player. Graham catching a bullet here. <laughs> no, no, no. I just remember, I remember seeing him one time just said that. And he said, because he, his minutes were cut and he, he was a bit frustrated and he said, listen, I'm the most versatile player in the league. It's like, Okay, I mean you got to, but you got to have that crazy belief if you're going to make it to the NBA. So uh, Who, who's uh, this is like a, a Morris Brothers situation? But who's on a an NBA bench right now? Is it Joey Graham or Stephen Graham? Because <laughs> oh, wow. there's there's one of those guys who wow, basically really? look Steve's- identical is on a is on a I think the Nuggets bench. No, no, he's really? on somebody's bench. Yeah, there's oh, Charlotte. Graham. Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You somebody used to, one of the Grams yeah. used to play for Charlotte for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. It was Steven, if I remember. Uh, but you brought up. Uh, I just want to to end on this. I just wanted to get you guys riled up as much as possible, yeah. and it works. Yeah, you bring yeah. up the MVP talk. You don't want to talk about it first, but as soon as you're interjected in the conversation, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted. To, I totally definitely right. wanted to talk about LeBron, but there wasn't much to say about Giannis winning MVP on yesterday's show when the breaking news broke. It was like, yeah, duh. I mean, guys, yeah. like one defensive player of the year, he's like a 30 and 15 guy on the best team in the regular season. This is the problem. Give the award out when the regular season ends. Now, I know this was a weird year because of the pandemic and the break and all that, but like, this is what happens. It goes into the playoffs, and then everyone's like, wow, he's not even there. He's not an MVP. That's not what it's for. I mean, it, it isn't. It's for the regular season. So we should do it like in a normal year. In my opinion, April 14th or whatever, when the season ends, hand out all the awards because that's what they're for. But they, uh, you know, the NBA wants this anyway. So they do. Um, no. I, I did want to bring up something that Trey said, just to to reiterate, because LeBron was playing some revisionist history here uh, when he was going back with the Defensive Player yes. of the Year. Bring this talk. up. Bring this up. Yeah, yeah. So so he said, "quote I had a chance to be Defensive Player of the Year and also MVP in the same season. <laughs> in that year, Mark Gasol was rewarded Defensive Player of the Year." But he made second team all defense. Right, right. Now, let's get some facts straight. (laughs) He's right, but second team all defense is, uh, or all defensive teams are voted by the coaches. Yep. While defensive player of the year is voted by the media. So it's different voters, you know, you're going to get different results. That makes sense. And uh, Marcus O was good on defense. (laughs) He was very good on defense. Uh, But I just like the fact that he's. I don't know. He got a mic in in front of him, and he just he needed some uh, just needed some time, things. Had some know? had some yeah, things to say. A little bit. Yeah, he was vent- Yeah, I guess he hadn't had a mic in a, in a while in his face because he got a week off. Uh, you don't have practices, so it's very different playoffs in terms of words spoken by these players. So he had he had enough. He had enough. Uh, built up there to just fire off. But we got other things to talk about. I mean, RBG passed away. Our rights could oh. be changed for the next. Years, several decades, LeBron. Throw some of that stuff out there when you get up on the mic. R- R.I.P. to RPG. My goodness gracious. So, uh, yeah, LeBron was... He was firing. And everybody uh, obviously uh, listens. I think he is actually more upset um, in him bringing that up. I think that peeves him off more than Giannis winning MVP this year. It's the fact that Giannis did the double. He did the MJ. He did the <laughs> Elijah Wan Defensive Player of the Year. And the MVP in the same season, and he doesn't have that, and probably will never have that now in his career. I think that irks him a little bit, you know. I, I do. Um, and he maybe had a case that year, right? It obviously was in the mix and stuff like that. Yeah, he was. He was trying because he was like that was one of his sort of like goals. Like I'm going to go get that as well. That to me, he's really not not with Giannis, just like with the people that vote on everything, pisses him off that he doesn't have one of those. Uh, the little bet, the dual year there where you go DPOI and MVP. That's my guess. Clearly, LeBron is a historian. He remembers all of these slights and he knows I got four MVPs. Michael Jordan has five. Michael Jordan also has a defensive player of the year and six championships. How am I going to catch this guy? Yeah, yeah, right. I'm 35 years old. Give me my flowers. (laughs) I'm trying to get another MVP here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We should point out too, Giannis, in winning his second MVP, did he not do, he doubled down on what happened last year when he said, don't call me MVP okay. until uh, I win a championship. I think he said this again. He's now I'm a two-time MVP. Don't call me that. I don't want to be known as that until I have a ring. 
So, you know, it's not like Giannis is, uh, it's not like Giannis is texting LeBron photos of his uh, MVP <laughs> trophy. Ah, look at this. I don't think that's happening. He's like, Maybe he texts in yeah. the photo of that newspaper, though, of uh, Giannis was reading on the airplane. Oh, okay, that was a good photo. Yeah, yeah that's pretty funny. That was, that was very LeBron-like photo to, to uh, yeah. actually share there. Uh, learn it from the best. Okay, let's hear what you guys think. Uh, First off, do you think LeBron should have won MVP? Um, would you have been one of those 16 voters giving him the first place vote? Uh, or what do you think about LeBron being pissed off? Even though, again, he walked it all back at the end of this thing. He's like, he's going to drink his wine. I'm sure he slept okay. Let's hear from you guys. At No Dunk Sink on Twitter. Okay, let's wrap this bad boy up. Tonight, game three of the Eastern Conference Finals. Got the heat up 2-0, though, as we talked about uh, yesterday. This very easily could have been the Celtics up 2-0. These games were both so, so close. Lee, what's one thing to watch for here in Game 3? Well, I think if you look at the Celtics, the teams that have beaten them recently, the Raptors and the Heat now, they've basically thrown either a box and one defense to try to get into uh, Campbell Walker's face, or they've just thrown the zone at them, and the Celtics have struggled to handle both of those. And so I expect Brad Stevens has been working on that the last uh, day or so, and and just going to be expecting to see a zone from the heat and he's going to have to figure out a way to beat that and I think you beat that by moving that ball around and getting some cutters going to try to open up the lane and open up some clean looks so that's what I expect the adjustment will be from the Celtics is is like listen that we have a bit of a weakness here with these uh defenses that we're not that are not man to man and we need to figure out a way to beat them because in that first half on of game two the Celtics were looking great Kemba was scoring the ball everyone was uh getting getting their shots but in the second half when when uh Eric Spolster and the Heat mixed it up. That's really what slowed down the Celtics. So uh, I expect they, they were working on that and they'll be coming out looking to uh, somehow take advantage of that zone when they see it from the Heat. Okay. What do you got, uh, Trey? I'm 100% rooting for the Boston Celtics to win tonight, and I don't care how they do it because we need this to be a good series. You know, this looked like it was going to be an incredible series just like uh, Raptors versus Celtics did. That eventually went seven games. We had some classic moments, but we got a chance uh, that the Heat are going to go up 3-0. This is a pivotal must-win yep. <laughs> game three for the Boston Celtics, and like Leah's saying, they're going to see the zone, and they got to figure out a way to do it, you know. Uh, a way to attack it to get Kemba Walker untracked. And I think Jason Tatum just needs to be better in the fourth quarter. It's supposed to be Jason Tatum versus Jimmy Butler, and Butler has been schooling him so far. Let's see some clutch plays by Jason Tatum. Come on, Beantown boys. Um, Roll that beautiful bean footage. I'm cracking a can tonight. Whatever it is, we need this uh, to be a classic. I see you're you're wearing your green here today. You don't have a green hat on, but you got the green shirt on for the Beantown boys. Yeah, that's uh, that's just um, happened to be on the floor. And it it, it plays nicely with the Celtics and the fact that uh, I think there's a golf major going on today. Oh, Mm. very nice. I believe there's a golf major. Big golf guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. You got any uh, money on... uh, any of the golfers out there on the greens, like your Cam Stewart? Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping for a big uh, Saturday from David Duvall. Ooh. <laughs> hey. Let's Duty. see if Ernie Els can get that swing and groove today. <laughs> All right, Tass, uh, what are you watching for tonight? Well, I'm definitely with Trey on the, the Jason Tatum angle. He yep. didn't take a shot for the last five minutes of the game in game two. And, and it's a thing with the Boston Celtics. They think that they can... You know, sort of do it by committee. If Kemba is going, which he was, give him the ball. If Jalen is going, which he was, give him the ball. And and Tatum doesn't necessarily have to take over. But um, Tatum has the best ability to score because of because of who he is. So I, I would like to see Tatum not not part of uh, not not fall back in the pecking order too much. I want to see him shoot a little bit. And I think we're talking about the end of the game that the Celtics absolutely know that this is their season on the line they just played a team in the Toronto Raptors that their season was on the line in game three and OG Ananobi hit that three right at the end so the Celtics will be going for 48 minutes this time unlike when they had that huge lapse in uh, the third quarter of game two so I think we'll see a good performance from the Celtics and I may have buried the lead here right Gordon Hayward might be back for game three tonight I guess it's still um Still questionable? Is that what he's been upgraded to? It's it's more likely than mm-hmm. it isn't that he will be playing possibly in Game 3. So who knows how that helps in terms of their defense, uh, which they got exploited, obviously, we talked about with BAM pick and rolls and stuff like that. And then he could help as a bit of a zone buster, I think, too, being, in my opinion, maybe their best playmaker. Um, maybe he's the one that goes in the middle of the zone and can mm-hmm. operate from there. You get him the ball at the at the nail and then find corner um, shooters and stuff like that or at least attack the paint. So we'll see. We'll see if Gordon Hayward plays in this. Hopefully we get another great game because those last two have been really, really fun. Let's call it there. Email us your questions and comments for our next Beach Step in podcast. 
Go to nodunks.com to grab your No Dunks merch. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Athletic. Tell them we sent you. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Sign up for $1 a month. Incredible, incredible offer. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, JD, I got to ask you, did Lee send you a photo of him in uh, London or no? Uh, let me just check the Slack real quick. No, he did not. What the uh, hell is going on, Lee? Uh, you got to break into the old Canon photo. I broke into the old Canon photo. This is how we used to take pictures. Brace the day, people.